When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond, this is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good morning and welcome to Inside Twins. It's a very unique edition of Inside Twins. It's brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Killebrew Root, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. And the legends today are Drew and Gino and everybody back in our network headquarters allowing us to get these three very disparate parts together for today's show. I am Chris Atterbury. Uh, as you may have noticed over the past couple of uh, ball games, I am out. I am in COVID jail here in a hotel trying to get healthy, uh, but I'm off-site, still able to do the show. We will lead you up to Rusty Kath doing an outstanding job with our game lineup card. And then Dan Gladden, Glenn Perkins doing a bang-up job from Target Field, bringing you the action of Devin Smeltzer and the Twins as they go for a series victory in Toronto against Kevin Gosman and the Toronto Blue Jays. Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoll is our guest, also joining remotely from parts unknown and thankfully very, very healthy. And Jeremy, it's kind of fun for you and I. This was a Sunday tradition. We would have shorter conversations when you were the minor league director with our weekly farm reports. We had a lot of fun doing it. And it's great to have you for a bit of a longer conversation today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. Excited to be here. Yeah, and today you can't dodge my questions because it's longer than a three-minute session. So uh, we will uh, we will touch on some old old favorite topics, but uh, I think the real topic at hand with the Twins in Toronto right now, uh, twofold: uh, the COVID situation around the league that we we had hoped was gone, and obviously is still very much a part of baseball. What it means in particular when you play the Blue Jays. Now for the Twins, this is the last game in Toronto. You're without four uh, regular contributors to your club. Every team that goes to Toronto will have some element of that to deal with. For fans, it becomes a big deal, and they wonder about harmony and clubhouse and teammate relationships. Obviously, as an organization, you guys have known about this, and internally, this has been something that didn't sneak up on anybody. What is that like internally versus the perception of what it is for baseball fans? Yeah, certainly a challenging dynamic to, to work through just to make sure we had the rosters uh, lined up for potential moves while we were managing injury situations and, and things along those lines. But as you said, something that certainly didn't sneak up on us and we were able to plan for over the last few weeks. Um, obviously, uh, some personal decisions and, and tricky dynamics to, to navigate, but um, you know, ultimately, I think uh, the guys in, in the clubhouse were able to, to work through it and, and have those conversations and, and everyone was able to at least understand different perspectives and, you know, we'll, we'll get through this series here and, and be ready to go come Tuesday again back in Minnesota. Now there is the possibility, obviously, of, of uh, baseball being played in Toronto. And is that something that all teams who potentially could be in that situation would, would readdress with their players or 
uh, or is that going to be kind of the same situation as we're in right now? Yeah, it, feel, it feels like it's going to be, you know, an ongoing uh, dynamic situation here where we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, is it possible the rules could change by by the time, you know, October comes around or, or something along those lines. But it'll be an ongoing conversation, you know, if and when it gets to that point. And we'll see what the latest, uh, you know, rules and regulations are from from all the different parties and, and keep the, the lines of communication open with the, the players that, that it might might pertain to at that point. The other element here is the trade deadline or even just regular acquisitions. Even as the Blue Jays were making moves in the offseason, this was something that they had to work on. There were certain players that they simply could not be interested in or uh, or would have to convince to, to change something personally if they wanted to play for Toronto. Do you see that being an impact at the trade deadline for the Jays and for other teams maybe trying to do business with the Jays? Yeah, it feels like it's going to create some some interesting wrinkles for for those uh, discussions, and certainly uh, the teams in the AL East as they consider what their stretch run might look like. So, uh, might might add a couple extra wrinkles across the across the league there, and we'll 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 see how it all plays out. And it's not as if there aren't enough wrinkles already uh, around the league. Injuries have been crazy, and I don't think it's. As a super big surprise with the spring training, but the Twins in particular, and, and we hate to use this time to just do a, an injury rundown, but since you're the guy today, let's check in on some of the guys in terms of where they are and what we might be able to expect. I want to start with somebody on the good news side, and that's Jorge Alcala, was on the 60-day, was throwing in Florida this week. What's the latest on Jorge? Yeah, so uh, Jorge was able to make one rehab appearance um, uh, last week and uh, unfortunately had a little bit of soreness pop up, but uh, we, we don't believe it's anything too concerning and, and expect him to be back out there um, hopefully by, by next weekend and, and get up and running uh, from there. Just wanted to make sure we're, as we get him built back up, we're being cautious and, um, and, and manage him appropriately, but you know, we expect to, to have him back up at target field sooner rather than later here. Yeah. And that's an impact addition to a bullpen to pair with a guy like Duran, giving you a whole lot of options in the back end and the bullpen has again been hit heavily uh, by injuries and also some other elements. Royce Lewis, it's his birthday today. Tell me you got him some good news on that knee for his birthday. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we're, we're optimistic there right now. You know, he, he's going to get a second opinion here in the, in the days to come just to make sure everything's um, you know, in line with, with our value, internal evaluations. And, you know, he's, he's going to go through, you know, a rest and recovery and rehab process here. He's got um, to, to navigate the, the bone bruise inflammation and, and all that, but we're, we're feeling optimistic there. And um, the timeline is a, is a little bit unclear just because you don't know exactly how, how quickly those things will uh, resolve themselves. And, um, you know, but he's in good spirits and, and we're, we're encouraged about uh, how that's trending right now. So is the swelling down to the point where he can move around and do some things? He, he's making some progress. Uh, he's been he's been at Target Field with uh, a number of different guys here with with our physical therapist Adam Diamond this week, and uh, he's he's making some some nice progress over the the course of the week. And uh, we'll see how uh, the upcoming week comes, and, and we'll have a better sense probably by the end of next week how, how things are trending. What about Josh Winder? There'd been some talk he was going to throw, then he wasn't going to throw, then he was going to throw. Where where are we with Winder? Yeah, so Josh was able to throw a bullpen at Target Field uh, yesterday with that stay back group and uh, expect him to throw another bullpen uh, in the next few days. And uh, that'll allow us to set up uh, a time, uh, you know, a firmer timeline for potential rehab assignment and get him fully up and up and running. But um, seems like his shoulders in a, in a good spot. And, um, you know, we, we were encouraged about how, how yesterday went for sure. 
Too. That's a great sign for Winder to potentially hit a, a rehab before too long. And, and you know Ryan in a similar spot? Yeah, so Joe was able to throw a, uh, his first bullpen on, on Friday. Um, you know, he's trying to get his, his legs back under him after uh, being out with, with COVID. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how uh, he continues to progress in the next few days to get his schedule firmed up. And, you know, as a, the, the, the familiar theme is we'll have a probably much better sense Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on, on a lot of these guys. But, uh, you know, feel like another bullpen and then hopefully get him fully up and running from there. And while there are others, I'll skip down to the bottom of the list here. Miguel Sano, what have we heard about uh, his recovery? Yeah, so Miguel's been down in Fort Myers um, after the procedure he had on, on his knee. And, um, you know, there's a, a couple week rest rest period there just to allow things to, to get healed up and uh, go from there. He's, um, you know, hopefully going to get full baseball activities going in the next week to 10 days. And, and then that'll allow him to, to start getting built up and uh, get, get on a rehab assignment after that. So still looking at it you know, at least a few weeks, but uh, things are, are moving the right direction there. All right. So that is just a handful of the uh, many injuries that, that we're working on, but there's some good signs there for potential reinforcements on the way for the Minnesota Twins. And again, depth, the name of the game uh, for everybody around Major League Baseball right now, including the first place Twins. Twins are in Toronto. Devin Smeltzer will pitch. We're going to talk about Devin a little bit later on here on Inside Twins. Right now, we'll take our first break. When we come back, with Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoll going to talk about another guy who could potentially add some depth. He might be sneaking up on some Twins fans, a former number one overall pick and a prospect who uh, took great advantage of a non-season a couple of years ago to turn himself into a major league uh, contributor, perhaps, on the horizon. All of that is coming up. The show is Inside Twins. Glad to have you with us on a big Twin Sunday all across our network. We're back in a moment on Home for Twins Baseball. Chris Atterbury with you. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. I am joined by Jeremy Zoll, Assistant General Manager, Twins in Toronto today. Rusty Kath with your pregame lineup card coming up and following us. And then he'll hand the baton off to Dan Gladden, Glenn Perkins, as they fill in from Target Field to call this one remotely. And Jeremy, I want to talk about a guy whose name has popped up in the box scores. And unless you've been uh, creeping on the box scores or hanging out uh, down in Des Moines, maybe you didn't notice, but former number one overall pick Tim Beckham has been back. He's been playing very well. Uh, he's a guy who has, obviously with that sort of pedigree, has high talent, big league experience. He was serving out the back end of a suspension from several years ago. Where is Tim? How are you guys utilizing him and his versatility position-wise? Uh, and could the timing be any better when you look at the depth uh, needs for this club right now? Yeah, Tim uh, Tim got cleared after dealing with a little bit of a quad issue coming at, at the very end of spring training, which was unfortunate for him uh, since he did have a nice spring for us. Um, but but he uh, was able to play a couple games in uh, for the muscles and then uh, is, is now back with the Saints and um, off to – his first couple of games have gone, gone well for, for St. Paul there. And, you know, he's, uh, he's someone who, you know, offers that, that right-handed bat that, that can also play a number of different positions around the infield, second, third, short, and, and left field. We're going to uh, get him out there as well. So, um, you know, he offers some nice versatility. Um, you know, we like the, the power he brings from the right-handed side. And um, as you mentioned, you know, depth is the, the name of the game right now. So, you know, he's someone that's certainly on the radar as we continue to, to work through things here. And Contreras has filled in. Abley Palacios has looked uh, just fine at shortstop. But when it comes to some big games down the stretch, that, that experience factor has to mean something, doesn't it, at some point? 
Totally. You know, to, to have someone that has the, the service time that, that Tim has and has been around for, you know, some, something like, uh, oh, oh, you know, I guess close to, to 13, 14 years in, in professional baseball at this point, um, you know, is, is really helpful. He's collected over five years of, of major league service time. And, um, you know, that, that experience is, is really nice to have uh, as a part of our depth in, in AAA. And that, that was a big part of why we wanted to make sure we, we brought him in uh, this offseason. So we heard on Wednesday in a minor league report, Rusty did a great piece, Spencer Steer. He's now up at AAA with St. Paul. Now, you and I go way back on the Spencer Steer bandwagon. You're still holding hostage my Spencer Steer Cedar Rapids trading card that you've yet to give over to me. But when the, the, the season was canceled for the minor leaguers and you were the farm director, we talked about how pitchers, and you pointed out guys like Canarino and Winder, you give them a task, you could give them the equipment, they could get better, they could work on stuff. We thought that for hitters, it was going to be a bigger challenge because who's going to pitch? Who can replicate the type of pitching they would need to see? Yet Spencer Steer goes from production guy to prospect by completely overhauling playing in that span. And now he's knocking on the doors of being a big leaguer. What happened? How did he do it? Yeah, he, Spencer has done an awesome job uh, in conjunction with uh, the work he's put in, our, our hitting department as well. And, you know, to see the work he's done to – um, improve his lower half mechanics, create a little bit more leverage in his swing. Um, you know, he's someone who, when we drafted him, we, we loved the fact that, you know, he could, we felt like he was going to be a versatile piece. He could play around the infield, similar to what we were talking about just now with, with Tim Beckham um, and, and had great bat to ball skills, uh, which served him well in the, at the lowest levels in, in his pro ball introduction. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a great profile to, to bet on. And, you know, we were able to um, work with him to accomplish some things there. And, um, you know, now to see, um, that power really spike in 2021, um, you know, across two levels, 24 homers has been so cool to see. And, you know, double A, he, he uh, you know, dealt with some, some strikeout uh, battles in, in the double A debut last year. Uh, and then to see him go back to the same level and, and really hone that back in and get the, the, the zone control back to um, the levels that we expect out of him and maintain that power already has 10 home runs across two levels this year. It's been really cool to see. And uh, one of our, uh, one of our prouder success stories uh, across uh, hitting player development right now. How do you do that without playing games? I mean, I know there's a philosophical change. You can change your body, but you can't necessarily see pitches. Uh, is it, is it bat path? Is it T work? Like what did you guys do or what did he do to then have something to put into practice when he got back on the diamond? Yeah. I mean, 2020 created so many unique challenges for, for everyone just trying to find ways to get their work in private facilities, see if they could face live arms. Machine work um, has been a huge part of uh, a lot of different players routines. Um, but then, you know, coming back in, in 2021, he worked really hard in that spring training um, and, and into the earlier part of the season to, to refine that routine, to, to take some of the changes he was trying to put into place and, and really, really bake those in and, it was, it was really a process throughout that 2021 season um, to, to get that fully, um, you know, established and make that, a, you know, that new, newer swing for him really, really a part of his game. And um, just cool to see him hit the ground running um, for, you know, as you mentioned, so many hitters uh, that was going to be an adjustment coming back after not seeing live, live game pitching for, for a whole year. That's a great player development story, and he's a guy that's easy to root for. You talked about his skill set. He had to ball. He controlled the, the plate. He didn't hit for a lot of power. So you liked that profile, but then you want to add the power. With that profile, and then you know you're adding the power, 
And you know, there's a risk of losing what you like about them in the first place. I think of Austin Martin in this in this same respect. How do you figure out which guys are capable of adding the power without losing that? And, and, and which guys might be more of a risk? And which guys like a Louis Arise, you just want to leave them all alone? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting question. And, and we certainly go round and round on it a lot, um, you know, in our in our player development discussion. So it's uh, you know, it's a it's a battle with with every guy to, to figure out what what's going to make the most sense for that, um, you know, next 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 move, next next idea for player development goal, player plan goals. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, definitely case by case. And, and we try to figure out, you know, if, if we like where the bat path's at and is it more of a lower half thing or. Um, does it, do we really like the lower half and it's more of a bat path change. So take, trying to take in all those different things into account and then you're just making some bets and it's a little bit of a trial and error process. And, you know, certainly, you know, you don't want to go too far where you swing to the other end of the pendulum as, as you're, as you're referencing, but, but typically those guys with, with really low strikeout rates, we know that we have a little bit of margin of error to play with there. And, you know, so you look at someone like Jose Miranda, you look at Spencer Steer, um, those are two guys that have really come into their own in the power production, you know, and we'll see as, you know, someone like Austin Martin continues to, to settle in in our organization and, and getting more time at that double A level, how that continues to progress for him for sure. Yeah, really great explanation. It's a fascinating part of player development. A lot of the work they've done under the radar before these guys really emerge as people that fans can see on a big league or even a triple-A diamond. We've got one final segment, and we're going to talk about one of Jeremy's favorites. That's Devin Smeltzer, who's pitching awfully well, and will pitch again today for the Twins north of the border. We wrap things up on Inside Twins next on your home for Twins baseball. Chris Atterbury and Jeremy Zoll back with Inside Twins. It's our final segment. Inside Twins is brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. Our memories are created and legends are made. Start of a big Sunday here across our network. Pre-game lineup card is coming up next with Rusty Calf doing a banging up job all week long. And then uh, Dan Glad and Glenn Perkins. Are, it's like Mystery Science Baseball 3000. It's perfect. The, the, the two guys working from Target Field uh, have uh, been awfully fun to, to listen to. Call this one north of the border. In Toronto and Jeremy's old big series as well after a disappointing stretch I, I think it's fair to say against the last place Tigers and Royals going just eight and seven not able to pad that lead in the division chance to win a series in Toronto is no small thing yeah no it's something that uh you know the, the guys are really excited about to if we can uh, salvage a series here and, and and end the the road trip on a high note that'd be a uh, great great momentum heading into a big uh big home stand against a couple really good AL East teams yeah, and again, a testament to depth because this is a, a team that's playing with a lot of different parts in different places. Uh, on the mound, though, they'll have again Devin Meltzer, who's had to fight his way back to the major leagues, pitched well, got sent down anyway, pitched his way back up into the big leagues and has been nothing but a strike thrower since he's returned. I know you've known Devin Smeltzer a long, long time, going back to your Dodger days together. Uh, but talking about the changes he's made uh, and the person he is that has allowed him to become really one of the steadiest members of this rotation. Yeah, it's been so cool to see Devin come back after a disappointing 2021 season. He'd be the first to, to tell you that, uh, you know, and ultimately uh, was just dealing with a, a number of different health challenges last year, was able to uh, dig in, get some answers and, and figure out how to how to get back on track. Um, and, you know, he, he's now now you're seeing the velocity back to um, where it was, uh, you know, in, in previous day, uh, previous days. And 
Um, you know, he's able to fill up the strike zone. He's an elite competitor. Um, and when you're able to utilize your full mix and, and be at the velocity that, that he needs to be at and when he's been most successful, um, he's able to, to do his thing and um, just compete his butt off. The one thing that stands out is he said uh, prior to his first start, look, I, I'm not worried about strikeouts. I know strikeout happy league guys get paid for strikeouts, uh, but I want three pitches or less. And I charted it his first two starts and 50% of the guys he faced were out of the box in three pitches or less. Uh, that allowed him to get deeper into games, keep his pitch count low. And I know he's still not going to run out there for nine innings. That's not how things work the, in, in this day and age, but uh, a testament to him can have that plan and then be able to execute it to that level. Totally. It's something we, we really emphasize uh, throughout our minor league system about being able to, to really know yourself. And that, that's something that Devin is, is really good at. And, and he's, he's not going to try to be someone he's not. Um, and, you know, he knows that if he can uh, fill up the zone, uh, get through innings relatively quickly and, 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 and do his thing, he's going to be able to, to, you know, have the success that he's had so far in these, these handful of starts uh, this year. And um, it's just been such a, a really nice depth option for the group while, while we navigate all the injuries we've been navigating and, and cool to see him do his thing here. Yeah, and his tempo too. I feel like he always has the, the hitter on the back foot with the tempo he works at. Is that fair? Yeah, totally. Totally. He's able to work quickly and, and, and again, just that pounding the strike zone repeatedly in different pitches. You, you never know exactly what's coming. And um, as soon as you end up in those advantage counts, you know, we know the numbers are so telling when, when, when pitchers are ahead versus behind. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a perfect example of, of that happening. Well, he'll have another chance today to pick the team up as they take on a very talented Toronto Blue Jay club. That's going to do it for time. The start of a big day. Rusty Cap is next uh, with the pregame lineup card. That'll be followed up by uh, Danny and Glenn Perkins, who will have the call today north of the border. Smeltzer and the Twins, Kevin Gosman and the Jays. Jeremy Zoll, Assistant General Manager. Always great to catch up. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me on, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, that's Jeremy Zoll. I'm Chris Atterbury saying so long. Stick around. Rusty Cap next, right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.